This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. There's an old John Denver song that says, Some days are diamonds, some days are stone. Fly fishing is like that, isn't it? Sure is. But what strikes me is the name John Denver. I hardly remember that name. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you must be a lot older than I am. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm probably, what, maybe 80, 90 days older than you are. <laughs> something like that. John Denver. It's yeah. been years since I've even thought of that name. Oh, I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we used to listen to John Denver all the time. Yeah, Rocky we were, Mountain High. Yep, yeah, we were fly fishing in Montana. Or he was 20s. prescient, wasn't he? Yep, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very true. Well, anyway, we digress. But, uh, yeah, fly fishing, uh, sometimes you just have some days that aren't that good. Dave, you have a lot of those days, don't you? <laughs> I couldn't uh, wait to say Every time that. I fish with you, it feels like I do. <laughs> oh, oh, that was good. That was good. That was good. And it, and it hurts because it's true. <laughs> well, we both have oh, great man. stories from this summer fly fishing. And, oh, man. And neither of the times were with each other. <laughs> I know. it. So either we're lying or... You know that's our a lips good are point. moving, so we, we must be lying. We seem to catch a lot more fish. We we have these great <laughs> stories when we're not fishing exactly. with each other. There, there exactly. could be a problem there, but it's true. There there's just some times where you don't catch fish. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. Maybe that's the first thing to say. Maybe you're doing everything right. And I, I was on the Owyhee River just a couple weeks ago in Eastern Oregon and uh, ran into uh, uh, a guy that. Uh, and his friend that had fished that thing for years. In fact, they, they lived at the mouth of this canyon where the, you know, the tailwater section that came out of the dam where it kind of entered this valley. And, and the guy lived there. Well, uh, he was a good fly fisher. And he said, you know, he said, some days, um, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll catch 40, 50 fish on this. And he says, other days, nothing. He said, yeah. you know, th so th be aware that that's... Uh, that's a situation sometimes. But what we want to do is to offer seven reasons why you may not be catching fish. And just a corollary to what you said, there is a lot of comments and, and helpful ideas and tips on how to catch fish. But in the end, some days, as you say, they just aren't biting. And everything you throw at them, well, I should say it doesn't matter what you throw yeah. at them. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I think this is a good piece to counter that but yeah. there are days when you just simply aren't going to catch right. anything but sometimes uh, there are some things that you can correct and so here are seven uh, problems that we've uh, observed over the years in fly fishing uh, number one is it's a bright sunny day uh, now that's not always the case but uh, i think we'd both say that we've had better luck on overcast days absolutely yeah especially if it's blue wing olives uh which you is know, a common hatch during the spring. Yeah, it really is. Early summer. Yep. Just recently when I was in the Driftless, um, we were fishing for caddis. Now, it was a little bit late in the in the summer, but there were still caddis out. And it was a bright, sunny day. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, I, ha I think I caught one fish over about four, maybe it wasn't four hours, maybe two hours. Yeah. And... We just said, you know, I need to go beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes when you're fishing nymphs, you don't, and when, excuse me, sometimes when it's 
bright and sunny, you don't catch them beneath the surface as well. But we did start to catch them on nymphs and and actually some streamers. So I think on a bright summer day or bright sunny day, it's often difficult to catch fish. Actually, that reminds me when we were in the driftless this summer. Remember we fished like from three to five and we finally just said you know let's just wait for an hour or two till the Mm -hmm. sun goes behind the ridge there's too much sun on the water yeah i know that's that's what you have to do sometimes now there is an exception there's an exception to most rules but the exception is uh grasshoppers i i i found hopper patterns sometimes it's just the reverse when the sun's out boy the fish will will take a hopper but uh when when the cloud covers the sun i don't know for some reason they don't seem to key in on those hoppers as much and the other thing is some of the smaller streams where you're fishing for brookies uh, a few weeks ago i was in uh, mountains in colorado and uh, fishing a couple of high mountain streams that were just great with brookies and you know what when the when the sun would go behind the clouds the fishing would kind of stop but as soon as that sun came out uh, we'd start catching them. And I think the deal was that uh, we were using attractor patterns. Now, if, if, like you say, if they were keying in on, uh, you know, blueing olives or something else, then cloud cover would have been better. But sometimes with attractor patterns, uh, you know, a royal wolf, uh, um, you know, a, a red humpy, yeah, something like that, they'll, uh, they'll, They'll rise to those if the sun's out. But that's a good rule. If, if it's a bright, sunny day, that may be the problem. And your point that almost every rule is a counter rule and um, it just reminds me when I was out in Colorado, not with you, fishing with someone else, and we caught a lot of trout. <laughs> yeah, so I hear. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd always, well, in the past, when, when you're fishing these high mountain lakes, usually you like wind, just a little bit of wind if you're fishing on top of the surface. And it's easier to cast, meaning you don't have to be as perfect in your cast, and they don't see it. But you know, the counter to what we were to that was when the wind would stop is when we'd start mm. catching fish, and when there was just a little bit of uh, wind, and we, they would stop, and it was crazy. But anyway, the point simply is is that so, there's a rule, and then there's the counter to yeah, the rule. Yeah, that's right. All right, so seven reasons you're not catching fish. Number one, it's a bright sunny day. What's number two? Number two is your fly is the wrong pattern or size. Now it might be the wrong pattern and this is probably the last thing you should change. I agree. Um, This probably should not be your go-to move when you're not catching trout. But if there's a trico hatch going on and you're throwing a size 14 parachute atoms, you'll probably swear a lot before noon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You really need to know your hatches and patterns or if there are PMDs on the water, a darker fly like a parachute atoms may not work. Yep. That's very true. So I think the key is, um, I would start with size. So Mm -hmm. go down in size. So if you're fishing a 14, go to a 16 or an 18. Yep. I've had that happen before where I've been using, uh, an atoms parachute atoms. Maybe it's in a 16, or, or maybe it's in an 18. I remember one time I was, uh, I think, on the East Gallatin River, not far from my house in Montana. And I was, uh, you know, there, there were blue wing olives all over the water. I was using an 18. I picked up one or two, but just really slow. And I, I had the, well, no, it wasn't my brilliant idea. I think I lost my fly. So I went to my fly box and I thought, you know what, as long as I'm tying on another fly, I'm going to try a size 20. 
and and that did the trick. Wow. That really worked. I think also this is true when they're when you're fishing really attractors. Uh, well, actually, it's true both when you're fishing attractors mm-hmm. and if they're feeding selectively on something specific is to go down a size or two mm-hmm. or three. Sometimes it's not one size, but you have to go down two sizes, like from a 14 to an 18 or a 16 yeah. to a 20. There may be times when you need to do the reverse to use a bigger fly, but I, I my sense is that it's usually going smaller that's more helpful. Well, in a recent podcast, you mentioned, uh, I think it's is it Bob Jacklin? Yeah, who does mm-hmm. the in the fall? He'll fish these number six or number eight attractor yeah. patterns. These mm-hmm. huge flies, yeah, which is so counterintuitive. Oh, I know it is. Um, and used to catch fish with that. So, um, so that that's going up in size, or uh, yeah, would that be going down yeah. or up? To uh, if you're going from a fourteen to a size six. Yeah, yeah, you're you're going up in size. <laughs> I know that's it's right. I know it's getting I know. bigger. I always, yeah. I always. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the uh, the metrics can be confusing. Yes. Yep, uh, the the higher the number, the smaller yep, the fly. Exactly. Lower the number, the bigger the fly. All right. So some problems, uh, reasons why you're not catching fish. One, it's a bright sunny day. Two, your fly is the wrong pattern or size. Here's a third one. Uh, your fly leaves a wake like a water skier, and when that happens, uh, you're you're getting too much drag. Yeah, your your fly is just uh, it's just being drugged through the the current and, and that's true whether you're nymph fishing or whether yeah. you're dry fly fishing that's now if you're fishing point. streamers yeah. yeah maybe it needs to look like that but that's right if you're fishing streamers it's not on top mm-hmm. of the water <laughs> exactly yeah but that's a good point this is true for both nymphs and for dry fly so what's the solution to that well one is learn how to uh, mend your line while it's in yeah. the air. I mean, that's a tough thing to do. Yeah. You know, the idea of the mend yeah. as you're casting. Yeah. Think or, about that. Or even if it's in the water, you well, can yeah, make but that that's adjustment. True. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, you have to learn to mend your line. And by mending, we mean, and, and it's hard to, to, to put in words on a podcast, it'd be a lot easier to, uh, uh, to show you a visual, a picture of this. But if you, if you look at your line on the water, kind of that middle section, uh, oftentimes the, the current will pull, will, will push that middle section down first and then what it does is it drags your fly. So when, when you mend your line, you're, you're basically flipping that middle section uh, back to the right or the left. You're, you're flipping it back up river, upstream, and then your fly is, uh, is ahead of everything else. And there's two ways to do it. One, once you cast the fly on the on the river, the other is to do it before, um, you know, in in your cast. There, it's, there's a little flip. Um, I'm not sure how, what, what the phrase is. What's the word? It's not you, a you C. You kind of make a C. Yeah, yeah it's kind you of kind of make loop. a C with the the tip of your rod. It's like you're you're drawing the letter C, or depending on wh- which way the current is flowing, you could do a reverse letter C. If if the current, and I have to picture this. If the current is moving from left to right. Uh, you will do a regular C. C. Yeah, absolutely. But if it's moving from right to left, you're going to do a backward C with your rod tip. Just, uh, you know, you, you've made your cast, and then before it lays down, you just draw a quick C with your rod tip or a reverse C, and, and that'll, uh, that'll give you the right bend in your line. So you're mending it to get a bend. Yeah. And obviously, you have to do it several times, uh, you know, depending on how long the run yeah. is, right? Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes that's why you may have to move, uh, uh, you know, 
to the, the head of the, the pool and actually fish it downstream. That's an option as well. I mean, whatever it takes to get rid of that drag, because if your fly's dragging, the fish are going to swim for cover. They're going to laugh their heads off. That's all In there fact, is to it. In fact, when I think about when I'm fishing, especially on the surface, I'm always assuming that it's my mending and how it sits yeah. on the surface. Mm -hmm. I always assume it's my fault as opposed to say, well, it's always my fault. But yeah. assuming if in fact, the other thing to say, well, I don't have the right fly. Let's say mm -hmm. if they're, they're feeding and they're not hitting your fly. I always think, you know what? They're probably not hitting my fly because it looks so poorly on top of the water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To me, I think it's just a, a, the, a, you know, a skill of a lifetime to mm -hmm. pursue. It's just this, this, the art of the dead drift. And yeah, the art it of really the, is. That presentation is just yep. amazing. You can always get better. Always get better, yep. All right, what's the fourth reason why you're not catching fish, Dave? Well, the fourth reason is that you scared them. <laughs> yeah. And certainly in the smaller streams that we fish in the Driftless, the Spring Creeks, it's just so different from fishing in the West and some of these big rivers. So if you grew up fishing in the West and then you go back to fish some of these smaller streams it's just very very difficult yep. the mindset has to change yeah you really and, and the biggest mindset is that you need to sneak up and stalk the fish and that mm -hmm. means you cannot walk up to the run like a drunk abdominal snowman <laughs> yeah, right that's right or a sasquatch yeah. <laughs> i mean I've, I've watched so many fly fishers on the driftless watch them walk up to these runs and i think my goodness, they saw you 30 yards before yeah. you even got close to the run. That's so true. You know, Gary Borger has that book called Angler as Predator. And just that image is helpful. I mean, you think about a predator, a uh, predator sneak. Uh, you know, they, they don't just uh, amble up and, uh, no, they're, they're sneaking through the, the brush. And that's, that's what fly fishers have to do sometimes. It's not fun, but... You know what? Would you rather walk up to the uh, river's edge and not catch anything, or would you rather crawl on your hands and knees and catch something? That's, yeah. Sometimes that's the choice. Well, one of the images I have from that book, I think it's that book, is I think he's in New Zealand, and they have a like I think somebody even has a spotter scope, and so yeah. they're, they're stocking mm -hmm. these big browns yep. in these pools where you can see them from a distance, mm -hmm. and then you have to work your way down and stock while somebody's watching the whole thing and giving yeah. you directions, almost like what they do with drone strikes. And, oh yeah. Um, so you know, especially on the smaller spring creeks it's really impossible to catch fish without really assessing the run and figuring out a way to stock it, stock the fish in the run by just crawling up on your hands and knees. That's right. And even in a bigger river, sun's a factor. You know, if your shadow is, uh, you cast your shadow uh, before you cast your fly line, hey, wasn't that clever? <laughs> um, yeah, you're not going to catch fish. They're going to be uh, spooked. All right, so what's the fifth reason? This is a big one. The run was just fished. Yeah. And if you are fishing places where there is a ton of pressure, um, this will be more common. Now, for Steve and me, we're like, we try not to fish where there's a lot of pressure. I know you were in Colorado recently, and you mentioned driving by, was it the Big Thompson? And yeah. seeing mm -hmm. these, these fly fishers oh, stacked man. up. Yeah, it was crazy. I was crazy. thinking, my goodness, they probably each spent... 20, 30 minutes in the same run, and just think that they probably moved to the next run when the fly fisher moved to the next run ahead of them. 
yeah. how likely is it that they caught fish? Yeah, they're not fishing not uh, water that hasn't been fished in a while. You, you do. You have to do that. You have to get into some water that hasn't been fished. So, yeah, stop fishing the popular rivers during vacation season or on weekends. Or if, if you do, make sure that you're walking a little further than the next guy. Okay, the next one is that, and this is a corollary to the one we just talked about, you haven't moved in 30 minutes. Yeah. I think it's really important if you're just starting out and maybe you're coming from bass fishing mm-hmm. or where you stay in one spot. Right. You know, fly mm-hmm. fishing is not bass fishing from shore. No. You really need to keep moving. Yep. You know, after a handful of casts, move on, find the next run. This yep. is especially true with streamers. Oh, it really? And you is. actually bottle this. I. I mock you because I call you the restless soul. The ADD fly fisher. The ADD fly fisher because you've got one or two casts and then you're just on to the next run. And um, I tend not to be quite as uh, flighty as that, but... Flighty. Yeah. Now that that hurt, Dave. (laughs) But if, if you haven't moved in, I would say in 15 minutes. You haven't caught a fish in 15 minutes. You really need to move on. Of course, it depends on the river, depends on where you're fishing, but certainly Mm -hmm. if you have a lot of river in front of you, keep moving. Just keep moving. That is so critical. I watched a fly fisher a couple weeks ago in Colorado, and I had, my son and I had just fished this pretty little uh, uh, stream. Actually, it was the Fall River as it came down through, uh, I think, what's called Horseshoe Park, and we uh, we fished this, and, and boy, I, had, I caught a lot of trout. I was tired. I wanted to go back to the vehicle, so I did. And But my son, you know, who's in his early 20s, he wanted to fish some more. So I said, that's great. I'm just going to go back. And You, you think know. he's in better shape than you are? Uh, yes, he's in better shape than he should be. He's a college football player, so he's, he's in the best shape of his life. But, uh, it's not going to get any better for him than it is right <clears throat> now. No, that, that's right. That's right. But I went back to our, our car or our little SUV, and I was going to sit down and take a nap. And I, and I noticed that right where we began fly fishing, there, was a, there, was, there were two guys. And, and I waited for my son probably, it, it was an hour, because I'm thinking, man, you know, at an hour, I'm thinking, all right, well, what's going on here? But every time I looked down, Dave, those two guys had not moved. Wow. And, and they weren't catching fish either. I, I could see that. So you're right. You haven't moved in 30 minutes or 45 or 60. All right, let's review here. Seven reasons why you're not catching fish. Number one, it's a bright, sunny day. Number two, your fly is the wrong pattern or size. Number three, your fly leaves a wake like a water skier. Number four, you scared him. Number five, the run was just fished. Number six, you haven't moved in 30 minutes. And number seven, you're not deep enough. And this is true only, of course, uh, if you're nymph fishing. Right. And uh, so. Yeah, not dry fly fishing. Right. You don't want to be deep with your dry fly. So if you're deep with your dry fly fishing, uh, you're. Yeah, you have a problem. So the key here is to add some split shot uh, to your nymph uh, rig. Uh, or add some tippet length to your dropper. I mean, the, one of the questions that I think you really have to ask when you're nymph fishing, and it, it's one of those nagging questions, and that is this. How often are you bumping the bottom? How often are you getting snagged? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're never getting snagged, you probably need to go down a little yeah, bit Yeah, you're not deep enough, unless you're catching fish, of course. Yeah, but if you're absolutely. not catching fish and you're not getting snagged, uh, you're not deep enough. So how often should you get snagged? 
I don't know the answer to that other than every so often. Yeah. And uh, with nymph fishing, there there are these continual adjustments that you have to make mm-hmm. based on the runs that you're fishing. And if you're moving a lot up the river, which number six, our previous point means is that you should be moving. Mm-hmm. These runs are not all the same, right? The bottoms are different. They're different pool lengths. So you're always making adjustments to uh, pool length, the pool depth. So you're always having to make adjustments yep. to your nymph rig, right? You and are. And so mm-hmm. it... You know, you do, if you're not, you may not be deep enough because it, you may have been deep enough for the previous run, right. but not this run. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Well, and while we were talking about dry fly, it's kind of joking that, yeah, if your dry fly is deep, then, then you're in, in trouble. So I guess the flip side of it is if you're using a dry fly, make sure that you are uh, keeping that dry fly dry. You, you've got to get rid of excess moisture or that fly is going to sink. Now, now there's sometimes where that's fine. I mean, sometimes trout will take a, a fly when it's right beneath the surface, what we call the film. But, but a lot of times, if you're using a fly that's designed to uh, look like an insect on the surface, you don't want that thing, you know, what? You don't want that two inches uh, beneath the surface. So a couple of things you can do. One is uh, false cast. I mean, just that little false cast through the air a couple times will dry it off. Uh, I like to always use some sort of fly dressing, put that on the, uh, the fly before you cast it, and then uh, after you fished a little bit, yeah, you can false cast, but you probably need to take that out and, and then put that in some sort of uh, solution that will dry it off. I, I like the Orvis Shake and Bake. It's kind of, uh, I think it's the same sort of stuff that they use for drying flowers, but you just put the fly in and uh, you know, in that little uh, bottle and then shake it and pull it out, blow on it, and it's ready to go. Well, back to the point on being deep enough, just recently when I was in the Driftless, uh, there were a couple runs where I wasn't catching anything, and I made this specific uh, decision to slow down because I just, you know, when you're not catching anything, there is the temptation for me just to go to the next run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't getting snagged on the bottom. And so I actually uh, added some weight to um, to the top. I had just I had just a I think I had two little split shot above the woolly bugger. So the woolly buggers was a conehead woolly bugger. So that was actually mm-hmm. pretty heavy. And then I dropped a San Juan worm about eight inches, nine inches below it. Mm. Uh, but just adding that little weight, I remember specifically catching <laughs> a couple really nice trout because I had done that. Now it doesn't always happen like that. Yeah, but. Um, if you're not deep enough, you're not deep mm. enough, and uh, mm. sometimes you just need to add some split shot to solve the problem. Yeah, great point. Well, that's going to do it for today. What are some other reasons why you're not catching fish? Please share your thoughts with us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What are some causes of not having success on the water? Please share them. Dave really needs to know. He needs a lot of help. I do, man. I'll, I'll take every uh, bit of advice I can. Oh, man, I do too. I do too. You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it. Give us a review hopefully a glowing review. Also, you can download a podcast app on your mobile phone and receive our weekly podcasts. That's how I listen to most of the podcasts that I subscribe to. Now, if you're looking for every episode that we've ever published, 
you can go to our website. There's a link at the top called Every Episode. Click on that link and you'll have access to every episode that we've ever published. All right. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.